All right, so uh, welcome everybody. What's up? This is the Monday morning recap. Um, I'm here. My name is Matt. I am with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Hello. So we're just trying something new. We're uh, I'm super excited about this, and our setup is way already way better than it was last week. Huge but improvement. Budget increase. Yeah. Actually, no budget increase yet. <laughs> no budget increase. We just found Hand stuff. Hand me down the, budget. Found <laughs> stuff at <laughs> the church. Yeah, but it's it's already better. This so. looks like it goes. So I'm super excited. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the message and stuff, but I wanted to ask you guys first. Now we're, what, two and a half weeks away from Christmas? Yeah. So where are you yeah. guys at with Christmas shopping? You ready to go? Like, Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be Christmas shopping? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I want to I, I identify with that statement that you just made. I, <laughs> we, I think for my wife, I have an idea of what, I, what she wants and what to get. Uh, for our kids, they made lists, and so now we're kind of, we know what we need to get it's just we haven't been as diligent as getting it done so i think this week is the week that we kind of this is the week yeah, yeah. this is the week that no, we throttle I, I would say that. you're definitely not behind like this week this oh, you're still on it i'm you still got time. Still got time i feel like it depends on who you ask and then it also depends on what you need like as right. if if what you need is like gone. <laughs> then, right. oh, well, okay. or, I guess that, yeah, I guess that's what you mean. Yeah. Yes, you're behind Or if you're Amazon shopping, like you're down to your, like your last Yeah, you're year, really in the with stuff being laid up with her broken leg. This is what she's been doing the last couple of days. She's been buying everything she can online. Okay. So we're kind of uh we're doing good until it comes to me shopping for her. So she can't she can't listen to this there. podcast until after, <laughs> oh, okay. she can't listen to this until after Christmas. Well yeah. in, in fairness, she just made up a list yesterday. Oh, okay. Well there you go. See. Rebecca gave me four items and she can't think of anything else. And she's like my mom's texting me, what does Rebecca want? Rebecca's like just to give her the, give her those things that I sent you. I'm like, there's four things. Like that's it. And they're just like basic like whatever. I'm like, how am I supposed to spread this amongst <laughs> me and our whole family? Like I'm usually on it for Christmas presents for her, but yeah, I'm a little like I gotta Well at step least it you got right now. at least you got people that can help shoulder that responsibility. Like yeah. I feel like I'm kind of alone. I got it's like if I don't if I don't deliver, um, we all lose. All right. <laughs> okay. yeah. The kids will be like, "Dad, you really dropped the ball. Like you should have been on this." And so, but if, if, you, if your mother if your mother's like, "Oh, what does she need?" I would have I would have blitzed over the list and maybe throw in a couple her, things like, of my own. Words. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot. Yeah, no, I, we got to figure it out. Yeah. So it's all right. It's all right. It all works out. Yeah, it's true. All right, all right. So we've been in this series, God with us. Um, Matthew 123 has kind of been like the anchor verse of it. Uh, the virgin will be with child, and uh, he'll be called Emmanuel, God with us. And that's been the that's the purpose of Christmas. That's everything. And um, this series, we're kind of dividing it up into different seasons, uh, kind of helping us to understand how we experience God in different ways based on what's going around us. Um, and so, Pastor Jamal, you kicked us off last week, and we talked about that. Week one was valleys and. Um, you kind of said we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we experience him in the valleys. Um, and then la- uh, this past Sunday was in the desert. Um, and actually, so you know what? Before we get into it, just kind of talking about the mountaintops already, Pastor Jeff made this comment, and I wanted to ask you guys a little bit um, to maybe unpack this. He kind of said this, that mountains have a growth line on them. So actually, after a certain elevation, things will stop growing. And what I said to you guys earlier I think Pastor Jeff's really good at this, at 
he says that line, and again, it's kind of it serves as a metaphor for you to now be thinking about your own life. You fill in the blank, which I think is great. But I think in this podcast, could you fill in the blank a little bit? What do you think that would look like in the life of a Christian who's on living on the mountaintop, but like after a certain point, you don't grow anymore? What does that mean as a Christian? Yeah. So, uh, like the thing that pops into my head is sometimes we get to this point where we're comfortable with our faith with God, and we kind of come to this um, line where, okay, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I don't necessarily know that I need to reach for more or reach for higher stuff. Mm. So I, I think that's like, that's what pops into my mind. It's just being like so comfortable with God that you're not necessarily pushing into newer stuff because life's going kind of good. Mm. Okay. So it's kind of like, yeah, life is going good. I'm comfortable. I don't, I'm not thinking of any, maybe changes I need to make in my life. Yeah. 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 I, I'm I'm pretty good. I think God's happy. I'm happy. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I w- one thing that kind of pops into my head when I think about just maybe that analogy or that that visual picture is there is a very real shift in the atmosphere the higher you go, right? And so um that affects what, you know, like I think of it like, you know, down here obviously the oxygen level is a certain type of like level so that I can breathe, you know, properly. But then, but then as I get higher, the air gets thinner and it becomes harder, you know, to breathe. And I just think about that in the physical sense and like what in my Christian walk is shifting as I get to this point in my relationship with the Lord um, that I need to just kind of keep an eye on um, in order to continue to see growth. Right. And I think that that's what pops into my head. And I kind of goes alongside what you're i think what you're talking about pastor todd yeah okay and so like we said week two um pastor jeff talked about how god is with us even in the desert and he opened with he said in the desert it feels like you can you're alone that maybe you're forgotten by god and that's what he said have you ever felt forgotten by god and he shared some you know real personal things that he had dealt with i don't know have you guys ever felt that way before can you identify with that feeling being forgotten by god or feeling lonely you know however however deep you want to go i'm not trying to whatever yeah. mind anything but bring the hammer is yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to get go that but can, you know what's that like to experience that maybe what's what's that feeling like um i'm not quite sure if i've ever felt forgotten by god um but I can say that I have experienced moments where I felt as if maybe I wasn't as close to God as I was before. Forgotten by God seems so heavy. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay. whoa, like, I don't know if I've ever felt that. Okay. Yeah. But I can say that there's been moments, there have been moments in my life where I definitely have maybe felt a distance, whether that be on my end or whether it be maybe God choosing not to speak in a season of life where um something is he's trying to cultivate something in my heart um or maybe even test my heart you know like uh to make sure that what is uh the motivator that's kind of pushing you know the fuel that's driving the engine is my love for him um so i've had those moments but i don't know if i've ever felt forgotten by god okay yeah. Yeah. And I think I've had those moments where I've been like praying about stuff and it just feels like nothing is happening. Mm. And I think sometimes in those moments, I don't know if the word forgotten would be 
what I think, but I think this is the kind of the point he was making is in those moments sometimes I feel like, well, okay, God, well, like, where are you? I've been praying about this, or even is there something? And I think it's probably a common struggle. So like, like, what's going on with me, God, that I feel like you're not moving or you're not doing yeah, anything? Yeah, you know? um, yeah. I, I do feel like it's kind of heavy to say, God forgot me. We're more like, what's going on with me that I'm farther from God, you know, that... Yeah. yeah, okay, so we look. We can look a little more internally, maybe, yeah. Yeah, especially us. And I think in our role and our position, reminding people that God hasn't forgotten you, maybe that's going to happen a little bit less for us. But so that's going to be more how we, we feel sometimes. Yeah, well, I even just now, like I'm thinking to myself, like, it, are there people in Scripture that kind of exemplify this, that kind of express this, like, moment or this period where they felt forgotten about God. And the first thing that popped into my head is Jesus on the cross. Like he, in that moment is like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's heavy, bro. Like I, I, to say, so I guess what I'm saying is I've never felt that, but I am not, I'm not a, I believe that in the life of a believer, you can experience those moments. If Jesus himself had a moment like that yeah i'm i don't think that i'm immune to experiencing stuff like that so even if you're i guess and this is this is the thing about i think sermons right because even if you're not in the season or in a place where you can directly relate to what your pastor is preaching about it's so important to make sure that you're taking notes so that if you run into those moments or and in a lot of ways when you run into those moments you have a point of reference yeah. so that you're not lost in your own emotions, your own doubts, your own fears. Yeah. But you have this thing that you can pull up and say, hold on, wait a minute. Pastor Jeff preached about this. Like maybe I wasn't in that season then, but maybe now that I'm here, this is super applicable to what I'm going through. Yeah. And, you know, th- now that you say that, let's actually go here for a second, like because you kind of I feel like opened the door for that. Pastor Jeff talked about Psalm 63, and that's kind of where his sermon was, what David wrote when he felt, well, he was in a physical desert, but was going through a desert experience, and we'll we'll come back to kind of his life in a minute. But his first point was like the search for God, and he said this, he said this was the number one thing to take away from his message, if you forgot anything else. It was that David's past experiences in the sanctuary equipped him for his desert experience. It was David's past experience in the sanctuary that equipped him for his desert experience. And I feel like that's a little bit what you were describing. Like, do you think that that's true or is that important? What does that look like for us being in church, that sort of idea? Yeah, I think the thing is, is that when you're when you're going throughout life, we're, we're, we're experiencing all these things. And we need to, during the good times, you got to build yourself up and prepare yourself for when the bad times come. And I think for David, it was the sanctuary. For us, it's being in God's word. It's hearing it. It's preaching it to ourselves, reflecting on it, mm-hmm. so that when the desert comes, we aren't left out there without our canteen, no, so that's to speak. Good. Yeah. You know, we've filled it up so that when we're thirsty and we need that drink of God's word, we have something that we can pull out and, 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 and fill us with. Um, and I think that's... That's what David experienced. Yeah. You know, and that's what we need because, you know, like Pastor Jamal was talking, those times are going to come when we need it. And if we haven't prepared when it's good, then when it's hard, we're we're almost behind trying to catch up. And that can be really hard. I think that idea 
that um, imagery really like helped me. I think because you know, right? A lot we would probably know a lot of times when the going gets tough for a lot of people. The first thing to go is church, yeah. or maybe reading their Bible. I would say church is is easy to be the first thing to drop, but um, I think this idea like it's less about checking off a box. Oh, I'm supposed to be in church. God wants me in church, um, and it's more about being equipped, being trained for the moments. You know, so like you said, maybe. The sermon, it's something I'm going to talk back or something that Pastor Jeff talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, I watched these uh, NUMA videos with Rob Bell. It's going back a little bit, remember? <laughs> but he Rob had, Bell. Yeah, he had this uh, question. He was like, do you, um, he was like, does God want you or does God need you in church? And it's like, it's a pretty loaded question because like God doesn't need anything. Mm-hmm. So I guess the answer was no, but <laughs> the point was for you to think. And I, so I said, yeah, I'm like, well, he does. Cause like, you know, God's using you. And, and actually, Part of being in church is in community too. I that's what I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So when you're going through a desert experience, there's somebody else who maybe is going to give you some water, or you're there to give somebody else some water. You know, right. like. But yeah, I think that um, one one of the things that also kind of like just pop, pops into my head. Sorry, I'm a like I think I'm a, like a visual type person. Like those things kind of. Yeah. I get a visual, and then I'm like, oh yeah. So um, in regards to just that uh, that whole idea like it's less about where you are and it's more about who's you who's you are that was kind of like his yeah. tagline in that in that moment i think of the prodigal son like where he was in that pig pen in that moment right he could have easily like i mean it was part of the reason why he kind of came to himself scripture scripture says that and when he came to himself or you know yeah realized like man like i i don't need to be here He's like, my father is, you know, he's got all this money. Like, I can go back home and be a servant and, and you know, and live live in, as a servant for him. It's that moment when he's running home that there, that reminder is there is like, no, you're my son. It's yeah. whose you are. You're still my son. And, like, that to me, just that just spoke volumes. That speaks volumes to me and kind of, like, that picture pops into my brain when I think about that tagline day that Pastor Jeff kind of uses the rest of that sermon. It's not about where you are. It's about whose you are. And if you're in the valley, you're in the wilderness, you're in the storm, you're in the, you know, you're in the desert, whose you are matters because in each one of those circumstances, as a son or as a daughter of the king, you can cry out to him. He will hear you. He will deliver you. He will give you what you need in that season. Whatever it is, you know, like that circumstance, maybe he will give you what you need. To, to, to remind you who you are and then get you through that season as well. I, that's just what pops in. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that kind of ties in with the uh, sanctuary work beforehand because mm-hmm. if you grow confident in your identity in Christ by going to church, hearing God's word, being a member of the body, and understanding the community and all those things, you're putting them all together so that you're growing confident in, in whose you are as Christ, then when those times come that kind of shake you, you have something to fall back on, you right. know, you can be like, wait a minute, I know this is going on, but I am right. Jesus's, yeah. you know, I am this child of God, you know, this is who I am, even though it doesn't feel like that. And so I think it, yeah, I think those things go together, like preparing yourself for those times, it also involves growing in your identity and becoming confident. And I think this perspective is important too, because I think it's human nature and totally natural to feel this way. But when we go through these experiences, you you want to cry out, God, why are you allowing this? <clears throat> and then we try to look for reasons, like we said earlier, is there something wrong with me? Is God testing me? Is God angry at me? Mm-hmm. 
So that's why I'm in a desert because God's mad. God's trying to do this right now. But I think this perspective helps with that mentality because actually, no, life is going to throw these things at you. Right. But what's awesome is that God, who you belong to, so you can cry out to him, and he's given you tools to equip you. Yeah. And that's the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it, it can, it's not always the natural one. No. And so I think it's good. Let's back up for a minute. And again, uh, Pastor Jeff talked about Psalm 63, uh, which is a really great psalm. And that's kind of where his whole sermon came from. He talked about it's King David. He's in the desert. He's kind of fleeing for his life. Uh, he's fleeing from his son, Absalom. So I just want to really quick, Pastor Jamal, you talked about um, like a lot of times just like in, in a sermon, you don't always get to unpack things the way you want to. So like maybe... It, if you guys both want to talk about what the story is behind that or what the context is, I don't know. Yeah, so there's th- this story is pretty interesting. Lots of layers here. Um, David is on the run from his son Absalom, who is kind of in a, I guess you want to call he's he's running for king, you know, like and he's yeah. got he's got a good a good amount of people who are like, yeah, you know what, I w- I would take Absalom as a king, um, but at the same time, part of the reason why he's kind of coming for the throne is because you know dear old dad kind of like missed the mark and kind of taking care of his sister of absalom's sister tamar which is yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's like kind of the reason why we're why we're all here like um so tamar was um was assaulted um by her uh i guess half brother i guess yeah um and david scripture kind of seems to give the idea that david knew that this took place um and that nothing was done about it and so absalom is like oh i'm gonna do something about it (laughs) like 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 you not this is not gonna fly on my on my watch and it's listen i i don't know if i could say this but like jay-z has a line that says nobody wins when the family feuds and that's exactly what's (laughs) taking place yeah man (laughs) (laughs) the family is at war and uh and like i mean and to Absalom's credit, David really he did he, he man he dropped the ball here. Yeah. Um. If there's a if there's a leadership principle here, um. If you're a leader, you you can't afford for things to take place underneath your leadership that are absolutely like atrocities. You have to address those things. You have to. It is important for the people that follow you to yeah. see you handle those things. Um. And I think that da- when David dropped the ball, Absalom was like. Uh, I'm not gonna drop the ball, and because of that, you know what? I'm fit to be king. Like, yeah. If this guy can't take care of these issues, I will. And while you're at it, vote for me. Like, yeah, he he like dropped the ball, and then because of that, it created like a vacuum almost. Yeah. So, well, somebody's gonna do it yeah. if, if yeah. the leader doesn't do it. Yeah. Not that Absalom's attitude about how he went doing that was no. right. No, no, no. But no. there was definitely like a valid sense of like a wrong has taken place here yes. and some kind of justice needs right. to rise. There up. was there was sin. There was sin that took yeah. place and it wasn't addressed. Um and Absalom kind of was like, uh, you know what? Squad, let's go. You know? It it is interesting, like and again for me, uh, I think both of us uh, or all of us here, we've grown up in church, so you know these stories and we can talk about you talk about King David writing the psalm and stuff, and he, he's so holy. Like, when you, <laughs> you know, but like when you know the stories, it's like, dude, I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. He had some moments. David, yeah. uh, you know, scripture says he's a man after God's own heart. Totally. Um, and there are some very human moments where he drops the ball. I mean, if, you know, not saying that those things are okay. Um, I think if you're a reader and you're 
um, the type of person who kind of likes those like details in terms of like the narratives of stories, you can kind of see um, David's mistakes a little bit as a sense of comfort for yourself to say, oh, yes. you know what? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not perfect. I drop the ball a lot, but there is a love of the father that still pursues me despite my shortcomings. Yeah. So, um, you know, you can take that away from, from that. Um, but obviously like when, when things rise up that are, uh, sin, you, they need, they need to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you too, as, as we were kind of going through. Just thinking, okay, so like ahead. just to kind of like di- tie, tie them together. Cause I don't know if I tied them together. So in that aspect, yeah. because of that now Absalom, is now pursuing David because, I mean, he wants he wants the throne. Like he wants the kingdom. He wants the throne, and so David pens this psalm from a place very vulnerable place of like, man, you know, people want me dead. You know, my yeah. the kingdom that I was ruling over is like kind of like flipping on me a little bit. Not kind of. They are. There are people yeah. in the kingdom that are flipping on him. Like even as he's crossing through, I think that um I think that valley, like in into that wilderness, there's people that are like shouting at him, throwing rocks. Like it's yeah. not yeah. It's not a good day. And he's like, you know what? Time to journal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and to be honest, what a wilderness to have your own son be the one who is trying to take you down. Oh yeah, I mean, like yeah. it's one thing to have an enemy who is obviously evil mm-hmm. <laughs> or against yeah. you, trying to take you down. But when it's your own son, like what a different place that puts him in. Again, yeah. it, the context adds, yeah, so many layers. Like, so David's crying out, "Oh, hey, have you ever felt that way too?" But now knowing David's crying out because it's his family. Not only that, his family's rebelling against him because he dropped the ball when there was sin in his own family. Yeah. Like. Adds all these layers, and so for him to just be honestly searching for God, God, my soul longs for you. Like, yeah, and it's almost interesting. You can uh, maybe uh, now. I guess you're not really supposed to do this. You're like supposed to project your emotions, like into scripture. Um, I'm thinking, what if David, like, what if you could sense the hesitation in David, you know, to cry out to the Lord against his own, like son, like you know, like to be like, yeah. uh, God. But at the same time, maybe feeling the weight of his, maybe there's a level of shame there to yeah. feeling like, man, I really did. I really botched this one bad. And you kind of almost don't know what to say, don't know how to cry out because you know your fault in well, this, you know. And I think that's cool, too. At the end, um, part of Pastor Jeff's last point, this he talked about the safety of God, and it was in verses 9 and 11, that he now talks about his enemies, but he was talking about how it's more, he's stating a fact, he's not like praying curses on them, he's just like, hey, you come against God's ways, you're coming against God. I'm bringing that up because, you know, you can feel that sense of shame, like, God, can I really approach you? How do I cry out? Mm. But I think it's in the scripture because this is an example of how to cry out. So David, even feeling all of those things, he starts with saying, God, you are my God, my soul thirsts for you. Like, he kind of he is able to somehow move past that. And this is, I guess, you know, it serves a little bit like a model for us, yeah. you know, no, and yeah. Pastor Jeff talked about, yeah, like what would like, if we wrote verse one, if we wrote Psalm 63, what would it look like? It'd probably look a lot different. So yeah. Yeah. If we wrote it. Yeah. yeah. He says that if we wrote it, we'd probably be like, God, get him. But maybe that's also part of the thing, right? Like he's like, ah, cause it's listen, there are other Psalms where David absolutely prays like that. Yeah. He's like, oh, God, yeah. 
you know, listen, this is your kingdom. I am your king. I'm your chosen one. This is your chosen people. Send the rain. Like, <laughs> and not in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, he definitely does. Yeah, man. He definitely talks like that in, in, in some of these psalms. And I, that's why I feel like maybe you could sense a little bit of the hesitation because that's not what he starts out with. He's like, uh, you know what? God, you are my God. Like, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's him also, too, acknowledging his part. Yeah. You know, in it and being like, God, you, you are my God. You know me. Um, you know where I have fallen. You know where I have dropped the ball. So um, he's kind of reminding himself even almost, yeah. of those truths. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Because I think the reality is, is when you're going through the desert, like it is so easy and you're feeling overwhelmed to forget what's true. Yeah. And I think David does do a good job here of like, He's going through all these emotions. His son's betrayed him. He's in the desert. He, he's being kicked out as king. And he says, but God, you are my God. And I'm going to seek you. Yeah. You know, and it's this idea of just trying to remind yourself. Like, I, I don't think it's always easy to do that. But I think reminding yourself of what's true is what gets you through those desert experiences. Yeah. Because there's all these things that are just you know, it can come against you and just discourage you. And I think when it talks about in other scriptures, how David like encouraged himself in the Lord. Yeah. I think part of that encouraging was reminding himself of who God is, not necessarily of how bad his situation is, but saying, God, this is who you are. This is who you've been to me. And so I'm going to stand on that in the middle of my messed up situation. And, that that's good because something I wanted to also talk briefly about. So he's not focusing simply on his situation, the surroundings. He's not even focusing like we were talking about here on his own what he's done wrong. He's reminding himself of who God, whose he is, not just where he is, but whose he is, and the goodness of God. My soul longs for you. You are my God. And then he talks about being satisfied in God, and that was also part of um, Pastor Jeff's sermon. Is point three. The satisfaction with God that his search fulfilled his longing, his focusing on God's love, he realizes that's better than anything the world has to offer. And it's beautiful that he can come to God despite what he's done, despite what his family's done, despite his circumstance. And I wanted to ask, and because we talked a little bit about it, Pastor Todd, but like, what what does that look like? So, okay, not worrying about my situation, maybe even not, even maybe I have messed up, I have sinned. What does satisfaction with God look like? Yeah, so, all right, so here's a little... Uh honesty here so when we found out with Steph when she had cancer and we started trying to figure out how we're going to handle this one of the things I kept saying to her as we're waiting for test results is it's okay don't get upset just wait until the doctor because you you may be making it bigger and bigger in her head but the problem is every time the doctor's reports came back it wasn't good Mm -hmm. and so um I kept trying to think of what, like, what's the perfect thing to say? How mm. can I encourage her? And I kept running out of things to say mm. because every time I said it, it, there was something that came back that made it fall flat. And so it came to the point where her and I were just like, you know what? It doesn't matter what it comes back as. We know who God is. Yeah. And we know that God will get us through those things. And yes, this is incredibly scary. Yeah. But we know who God is, and we know God's promises. And even if it doesn't go the way we want it to go, God will be with us. And so I think the satisfaction in that came from this idea of 
I don't know what's happening and I don't have an answer for what's happening. But I'm going to put aside all the could be's, possibilities, worries that some of them ended up being true. And I'm going to stick to what I know, what scripture tells me, which is God is trustworthy. Yeah. He is the father who wants what's good for us. And sometimes that means going through the hard times. But but it's not about what I feel in this moment because the way I feel has been shifting hugely. (laughs) Right. Right. And, 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 and things like how much I slept that night, you know, was I up all night long thinking about it and worrying about it. Um, The shock of hearing those news, all those feelings kind of come and go and they shift and change. Right. But we really had to find something that we could stand on that wouldn't shift. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it definitely wasn't how we felt. It was, who is God? Right. Absolutely. You know, who has he always been and who will he always be? And then we got to stand on that because there's all this other stuff that can just knock us off. And those were the things that were like, this isn't going to change. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so good. That's awesome. Yeah. And (laughs) thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's really personal, but awesome to hear. And I mean, yeah, our satisfaction with God, it can't be off our circumstances. It can't be even off our feelings, like you said, because those things are changing constantly. Yeah. Or it can't be waiting to hear the good word from the doctor. Yeah, because what know? if Cause it's not? It may not be the word you want from him. Yeah, and, and, and I like and like honestly, it was kind of like, well, well, I think we're worrying about too much here. Let's just wait and see what the doctor says because we may be blowing this up than what it was, and then we weren't. So then I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. It, you know, so it can't even be that. Like, our hope has to really be in something that doesn't shake and then build upon that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. So, well, I think this is good because then Pastor Jeff talked about the story of God, the satisfaction of God. We talked about what does that look like. And then the story of God. And he talked about, you know, David was remembering what God had done talked about probably how he like defeated Goliath, you know, um, how he had given him victory with Saul when he was hungry, you know, all these different things. And so he talked about how we need to remember our story, like what, what God has done in our lives. Um, and I think maybe that can help with when it comes to being satisfied in God. And so what would you guys say are some practical ways to help us start to do that, to think, or to, he said, to think, meditate, I think, ponder, what are some practical ways to remember what God has done in our lives? I think some practical ways, like if you're the type of person who journals, I think that's going back to those journals. I have like a few journals. Um, I, I say few. I have a lot. I have a lot of journals. And so sometimes I just go back and I reread them. And there are times when I'm reading them and I'm like, man, who is this kid? Or, you know, like, like, who is this kid going through these like crazy like times? Like and then just reading the progression, reading my it's weird to say this but reading jamal change his perspective yeah um sometimes for me practically it 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 rejuvenates my soul in a way that i i really can't like yeah explain but when i go through it i'm like yeah that's right because the jamal in the beginning of the situation is the jamal that i identify with as i'm reading it yeah but then as i progress through my journal the Jamal at the end who's like, man, God, you're so good. 
Yeah. And here's why. Like that Jamal, I'm like, I need to reconnect with that guy. And sometimes going through and rereading those scenarios help me to kind of say, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, this is who he is. He's done these things, you know. And some of them aren't always like some of them aren't always like moments where it's like, oh, man, here's been the victory. Some of it is like watching the progression go from, man, you know what? This situation really is like trash. And then reading the progression and reading it, watching it go to a place of like, hey, my situation is still trash. But you know what? Man, God is so amazing. And here's why. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like his the, who this kid right here, like had this moment where he was like, dude, the world is imploding around me. But God remains the same and he's so good. And here's why I'm not satisfied or, you know, like I'm not trying to chase after these things for satisfaction my satisfaction rests in god and here's why and i those things just speak to me uh, personally um so i i guess a practical thing is if you're if you're the type of person who doesn't journal man it would be so good i think to just journal um because you're watching your growth honestly um and sometimes um there are words that you receive from the lord in your journal time that you don't get from a Sunday, you yeah. don't get from, you know, that's that one-on-one, you know, like the quiet place, you know, secret place, man. And God is like giving you stuff that's like, whoa, like, yeah. And you know, it's from God. Cause you like, your language is never normally like that. You're yeah, like, right. I never talk like this. Or, you know, for me, I'm like, I'm never smart enough to think like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. to think of some of this stuff. Yeah. And so I know I'm like, man, God was speaking that day. Um, and I, and I love that the fact I love the fact that when you go back and read those words, they hit just as hard because they're from the Lord and yes. because they're eternal. Dude, they're you're truth. so you're so right about you that. You know what I mean? Like I feel, that's, I feel like I've done that before. Yeah, man. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember what that felt like yeah, when I realized. Fire. That. You're like, like, woo! It's a good thing I wrote that down. Yeah, like, yeah. You're like, okay, God, I yeah. see you. Even if like sometimes it's like it, it meant a lot to me then and in this moment, like that's not like the word I need or something. But I'm like, I remember that that was from god and what that meant to me and i'm like wow okay wait a minute so that can build my own faith now for whatever i feel right now i'm going through right now it's like wow this was so important to me three years ago or five years ago this this was such a big deal in my life god spoke this to me in a quiet time in a journal setting or whatever and now you know what god all right this is what i'm facing now all right i think i can i can get through it because you're still with me I think that's been huge. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good because you go back and you see, like, here are all the times that God's presence was real and his experience, uh, his, his, like, ministering to me was real. He was with me. I mean, that's the whole point of this series yeah. is God with me. Here's yeah. an example of how he was with me. Um, one of the things that I do is, uh, it might be cheesy, but it helps me, is sometimes I'll go back to certain scriptures that have stuck out, and I, I have a little book that's like God's Truth About Todd that I write down the mm. scriptures that really pop out. That's good. And um, a lot of times where it says, like, you, I'll write in my name. Mm. So yeah. instead of being like it, me just reading, it, oh, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, I'll read it as Todd is fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, yeah. And God's works, Todd, Mm. are wonderful and i know that full well and Mm so it it just helps me to personalize it instead of reading it from like a distance thing oh yeah that's a promise god made or that's something god i'm one of those people right right, right. yeah yeah Yeah. like i guess i'm lumped in here no this is like you yeah Yeah. i know god spoke this a thousand you know two three thousand years ago but he's also speaking it to me today right now and Mm -hmm. it's true of me and uh, another thing that um 
uh, sometimes helps, I think, is write your own psalm. Mm. Mm. You know, like, look at the way David would go from, like, this is who God is. Here's my situation. Now, who is God in that situation? Yeah. Maybe maybe taking time to write and, like, here's who God is. Here's what I'm feeling and here's what I'm struggling with. Who is God in that? And write your own psalm and see how God wants to speak to you and and just see how even that progression from the the problem and the struggle to the God who's in that problem and struggle. Yeah. Uh, something I thought of as you were just saying that too, kind of branching off that, like maybe also just sharing with somebody. Like I think most of us share our struggles when we're going through something, with hopefully you do if with a trusted individual. But even when God's doing something in your life, you know, just to share with somebody about like how important that was. Like I just think of myself, like you know, some different things I've been through, and like you know, maybe like I offered this little prayer to God, like like and I whatever i just like was being honest like god this is important to me and then when like a situation worked itself out and somebody said like you know like i know that little prayer like i just kind of sent that up there and Mm -hmm. like god like just kind of like confirmed that for me yeah i think when i share that with somebody like you know what and actually like this i know this probably doesn't really mean anything to you but when i i prayed this and then like two months later this person said this to me like when you just i think when you verbalize it too it can help you just to kind of process it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I was going to say when, in terms of like, yeah, verbalizing it and talking to someone about it. Um, another practical way, I think that, you know, um, for me to remember what God has done in my lives and maybe now I'm kind of like, now we're getting real, real. Um, my counselor is really cool. (laughs) Does a really awesome job of helping bring that stuff to, he's just so good about keeping my focus on the right things. And so sometimes when I, when I see him and I have conversation, he'll let me just, blah, 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 blah. and then he'll be like, okay, yeah, so, but what do we know? And what is true? And what, is, you know, like, and he's really good about being, like, tearing down stuff. They'll be like, why why are you thinking in this manner? Why are you placing value here when yeah. you should be placing value here? Like, why are you allowing your fear to run amok when you know this to be true? And so sometimes, and it's funny because, like, He's good. I mean, because counselors take notes, you know, and so yeah. he'll bring it back up. He's like, why do we keep doing this when every session we've already <laughs> established <laughs> that this is true? I'm like, I don't know. That's why I'm seeing you. <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> but that's it, out, man. bro. He, he got- <laughs> so, no, like in a very practical way, I guess, you know, like I think, you know, I, I think there's in the past there has been a stigma, you know, against seeking professional help. But whatever put that in the trash because you know counselors are great therapists are great i think and and so um to verbalize that yeah yeah. and and to help you sort out your your thoughts and your emotions and put those things in place um, absolutely in a very just real tangible way um you know the guy i see he is a christian uh you know christian counselor um cool thing about him too is he his father was a minister, so he grew up as a okay. P, as a PK. Or yeah. That's a pastor's kid for those who may be listening a little, you know, like, what's a PK? But, you know, he grew up as a pastor's kid. And so, man, there are layers that he understands Yeah, that he's oh, yeah. just like, and like, and even as like, because I'm, I'm not just bringing my own like whatever life issues, but also my issues as a husband, my issues as a as a dad, my issues as Jamal. And he could see all of that and be like, cool, like, let's let's navigate some of that stuff. So that's I don't know another practical there yeah um, totally yeah thanks for sharing that too yeah yeah, yeah verbalizing maybe talking to a counselor 
these are all different things that are so important. You know, actually, just kind of briefly off that too, um, I heard this quote maybe like a year and a half ago, that the average teenager today has the same level of anxiety as a psychiatric patient from the 1950s. Wow. So, like the, the average high school student. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, any stigma. I think there used to be a stigma, and it's kind of going away. I think everybody just remembers that there was a stigma. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like, it, it is so normal and healthy to be, you know, doing that and to be processing your thoughts that way because you want to be the best that you can be. So I I think that's great. And I also think that that's one of the, I mean, we're talking about verbalizing. We're talking about community. I think the reality is that's why God has given us community. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that we can support each other, whether it's from someone who's been trained how to do that or somebody else who's a mature believer who has been through the same things. I think all those things are a gift from God where we can share each other's struggles and bear each other. I, I think that's what the Psalms is a lot of times when you read through it. It's David verbalizing yeah. his yeah. struggles. Yeah. You know, sometimes we read it like it's a, a book and we don't think about like David, like voicing, he's voicing these things. And mm. I think scripture is like, yeah, give voice to those things because it's in giving voice to your struggles, giving voice in the middle of the desert that other believers can come beside you and say, hey, here's what God did for me. And I know that this is what he can do for you. Yeah. And that's kind of like the idea of water, too. Sometimes in those moments, we're dry and parched, and we're like, does God even care? And then a believer or, or someone that we know is a mature, you know, trained professional, whatever, in all those cases, they speak something, and you're like, yeah, God just spoke to me through you because that's so true, and I don't even <laughs> want to hear it right now. It's so true. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear but, it. But but God just used you to speak to me, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, I, I think, I think it's awesome. And even to kind of maybe bring it full circle, what pastor Jeff said, kind of number one thing is it was in the sanctuary that David was equipped for his desert experience. And yeah, being in, in community is one of those ways I think. Uh, and I could talk about it for a while. We'll kind of wrap up cause we're hitting time, but like, uh, like the importance of community. A lot of times I think we come to church with this personal attitude and like a personal walk with God, which is really great. But I think there's a community aspect. That, again, I could totally go off right now. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, 100%. Like I be, I, I, listen, I, I do believe that there is a, I, so we, when we do our, every year we try to do like a kind of like a parent, um, like a parent beginning of the year, let's do a parent meeting with all of our students um sorry with all the parents of our students in our youth group and one of the things i always try to leave the parents with is like hey listen you guys need to talk to one another because some of you guys are going through things and have gone through things and you can speak into each other's lives in a way that allows for you to be better equipped to parent your student through this time of life i mean Never mind the physiological, bi- you know, biological, you know, emotional changes happening in a middle schooler into high school type of scenario. All of that stuff. And I think some of these parents think to themselves, you know, I have to be the perfect parent. I have to have the perfect plan. Yeah. And so they and they also think to themselves, what if I make these mistakes? People are going to talk to me. People are going to judge me, which let's be very real. People do that. Like the church is not known to be always the place where like judgment free like that's not always been the church's type of thing so i get the fear but i believe that that is just i believe the enemy would love nothing more than for a community of believers to stay in a place of fear um and not realize how powerful we are as the body of christ when we come together 
you know, to combat those things, you know, um, and speak about those things in a way that just like, I mean, you know, arm in arm, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of like holding each other up um, and overcoming our struggles, um, you know, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Come on, somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? We comfort those. Yes. With the same comfort we've gotten. Yes. You know, and that's why sometimes we go through stuff. You know, because God's at work and then when we meet somebody else who's been through the same thing or we're struggling and we go and talk to somebody and they're like, yeah, no, I've been there. Right. And, yeah. And this is what this is how I got through it. And this is how God helped me. Let me pray for you. Yeah. Like, those are some powerful things. Very, know? very powerful. I do have a question. And maybe th this is I know we hit in time, but this is the rock. This is the rock to shatter this beautiful you know, painted stained glass that we kind of put together, you know, perfect picture of the church. What happens when none of those things work? <laughs> what do we do? Like, I, so, cause here's my thought. I'm thinking to myself, if somebody's listening to this podcast right now, they're probably saying, oh man, this is a lot of good stuff. A lot of it, a lot of Christian ease is in, involved in here. Like a lot of Christian lingo and vocabulary that yeah. if you're a believer, you know, this really helps to build me up, you know, but even maybe even you're not, maybe you, are a believer and you're still struggling but what happens when none of that seems to penetrate the circumstance that i'm going through you're telling me these things that's amazing that's great i know some of these things that's amazing that's great i've done some of these things that's amazing that's great but it just doesn't seem to work right now like yeah yeah and i think well i think that's a great question because i think that is the desert experience mm -hmm. It's, you know, some of the other ones we're talking about, the valley, next week is the storm, which is kind of like, I think, you know, you know, a storm is going to start and end. Yeah. I think that's the difference where the desert is, okay, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel any different. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah. My, my thing is, as we're talking through these things, you hear some good tips and stuff. Your feelings tomorrow morning when you wake up are probably going to be like, I'm still dry. Yeah. And I think it's in those moments we have to understand that feelings do shift and sometimes they don't shift quickly. <laughs> and we have to keep pursuing God, pursuing what's true, reminding ourselves of truth, rereading the same scriptures over and over and over again to the point where we're sick of them, but we still got to read them again. And then we, we keep moving forward. And maybe our emotions will catch up maybe they won't maybe things will get easier maybe they won't but in all that stuff god doesn't change right yeah and he is the same and that's what we have to hold on to not whether our circumstances are changing mm -hmm. not whether our feelings are changing uh because all those things can be affected by so many things the one thing that i know doesn't change is who god is right and and sometimes it's painful yeah and it's hard and it's dry and it doesn't change the way we think it should. But if we hold on to that, then that's an act of faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having faith in his faithfulness. Yeah. That's what you're. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think uh, we were talking yesterday. I think that can be the hardest place to be. Again, when you're in a storm, you know, it's going to end when you're in a valley. Well, you know, you're going to the other side or, you know, there's what, you know, this or that in the desert. It's like. You're just trying, you're being faithful and you don't feel any different. Yeah. The answer is like, hey man, keep being faithful. Like, yeah. it, it's that's okay tough. if you don't feel it, it continue to right. be faithful. I think that's right. the hardest place to be. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I mean, who wants to feel that day in and day out? Who wants to struggle day in and day out? Mm. 
but sometimes unfortunately that's just the reality of living in a fallen world yeah, yeah. you know and and it's we're holding on to what's true until what's true catches up to our experience that's right or our experience catches up to what's true right that's right that's what you yeah well th- this has been great and talking about this being in god's community being in god's sanctuary it equips us for the desert experience knowing whose we are not just where we are or wh- even what we've done talking about the context of the passage knowing whose we are all of that is what's going to help us to get through the desert experience so yeah. i think that's really great you guys have any other i don't know concluding thoughts or comments you want to share yeah, man, just uh, the only thing I can say is just keep going, keep going, keep trusting, and uh, stick with your brothers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? sure, yeah. I think, yeah, I agree. I think, Pastor Todd, you summed, you summed it up really well. You know, having faith in God's faithfulness, um, that that really is the key. That is also the hardest part, right? Um, yeah. It's just almost like there's a sense of discipline that we need, right, to, to remain faithful you know and remain to maintain a, a sense of faith in god's faithfulness but that really is it seems to be kind of the uh, the anchor awesome all right so it's been fun uh we'll probably talk about this next week but um I'm, I'm super excited for the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about Star Wars in the office for like a couple of weeks, actually. So yeah, that is true. if you're listening, it's a conversation between us all the time. Yeah, man, so, I, I, I don't know if I'm all the way there yet. You know, I really oh, want that's to right. be. That is what you said. I really yeah. want to be, but I don't know if I'm all the way there yet. Well, speaking of discipline, you've disciplined yourself and not watched any trailers. Nah, bro. That's but the I'm going to say that would contribute to your love that and probably, hype. That probably would give me more hype. It would. And maybe, oh, look at me. Uh, I'm practical <laughs> application i need to remain faithful <laughs> in my in my non-trailer watching you know and believe that it will deliver on the level of hype that i want when i see the movie that's right. what i need right there and i think finn's gonna be a jedi <laughs> if finn really? is a jedi bro i i'll cry i'll, I'll weep tears I will really? weep okay. tears. All right. I, I think it's still there, man. I think I, the man. possibility is still there. I, he I, becomes a I'm Jedi. I'm not at all against it. I just, okay. Yeah. Uh, th- that's to, what, that no, feels, no, no. What are you about to say? You, you just what? feels out of left field. It feels out of left field, bro. Yeah. And that's the thing. But see, that's why I'm trying not to. It's not complete. I'm sorry. Let's I'm do it, man. Finn <laughs> be a Jedi. Finn could be a Jedi. I'm ready for it. I want him to be so bad. I don't think he will, though. If he does, though. It, for me, it'll be like, <laughs> it'll be end game level perfect. Like, <laughs> like end game was perfect. I would think to myself that the saga would be complete. Like I'd be <laughs> like, thank you. Jedi. It is a Jedi. Dude, I mean, it would be cool. What if he builds his own lightsaber too? It makes it even better. Listen, he looked good. He looked good with the Bro, lightsaber in the nice first. Look, he had a nice little posture. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Two hands on the blade on the hilt. I was yeah, like, let's go. He's, swing a, he's that a fighter, thing. man. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't had his moment like. Where he's like really had that. He's a fighter. He's waiting for it. Yeah, so but he Kylo should at bro, least get that. Kylo movie. Ren made quick work of him. He's like, bro, what are you doing? Like he's <laughs> he's like, come on, you a you a weakling out here. Yeah. So Just Finn needs a moment to shine. So he yeah he doesn't. I feel like he needs a moment, but I don't think it'll be a Jedi moment though. Uh, I don't know. All right. All Listen, right. all I know. Listen, I could go on forever. But yeah. We're, <laughs> we're like twice out of time. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) We'll adjust it next time. So, all right. Thanks so much for listening. This has been a lot of fun. We'll see you next time.